Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Madrid, Spain is home for the band Track Dogs, a band comprised of two Irishmen, one Englishman, and one American. The band got together in 2011 to create their own unique brand of acoustic Americana music centered around four voices and their instruments coming together to create dynamic fusion of styles including folk, Latin, Americana, and bluegrass. Robbie Jones, the band member from Ohio, joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this unique combination of Americana music entertainment. Hi, Robbie. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, well, thanks for having me, Greg. Glad to get a chance to speak with you all the way into Madrid, Spain, although uh, it, it doesn't sound like you're a Spanish native. That's right. Um, I'm in a little village called Cercedilla, which starts with a C, up in the mountains of Madrid, like uh-huh. uh, um, like in, like uh, Bob Dylan says in Boots of Spanish Leather. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, but um, I'm originally from Vermilion, Ohio, up on Lake Erie, about 45-minute drive west of Cleveland. Okay. And what what led you to Spain originally? Well, my big uh, my biggest uh, sort of influential teacher was probably my Spanish teacher, and I was also studying music, and I got interested in the Peruvian cajon, and then... Uh, the flamenco cajon, the box drum. Yeah. So I came over here and was studying at a flamenco school and um, never intended to stay, but just uh, I, I originally told my mom, I don't know if it'll be six weeks or six months, but then it turned into six years and 16 years, and <laughs> soon it'll be like next February, I will have passed half my life here. Which will wow. Be 23 years. Wow. <laughs> Do you get to travel back and forth some? Do you get to come back to the States? Um, much less than I would like to because of the fact of going to Cleveland. It just makes it that much more expensive. If it was, say, a Chicago or New York flight, it would be about about only 60% of the price. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I am going back to Vermilion for about six weeks this summer. Okay. Because it's, yeah, I figure, when am I, hopefully, won't have such a slow touring summer yeah anytime again soon so right, i'll take right. advantage of that so did you become a full-time musician when you got to spain did you do other things while you're there what what did your life and career musically look like um early on once you got there well when i first got here i used to take a djembe down into the subway and play in the in the stations really for, for change yeah <laughs> wow and I got my first job at a dance class from that. The teacher came by and hired me. And um, and uh, then I met an Irish fella here who lives in the same village I do now, uh, oddly enough. And um, started playing less and less flamenco and more and more Irish stuff. And then Spanish, other Spanish folk music. And one thing led to, led to another. And uh, I just... Uh, yeah, it just uh, it, it it was the path from the very beginning. But there were there were a lot of years of teaching English as a foreign language mm. and uh, and even editing books for 
Cambridge University Press and McGraw Hill and Wow, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's neat. Interesting journey. So Oh yeah. Uh so you are now uh with a group of guys, you guys call yourself the track dogs, track dogs. Um yep. uh, but you've been together a while. How did that come about for you guys? Well, it kind of all happened through an Irish pub, as these things do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One guy was the, the Dave, our bass player, was the bartender. Um, that same that same buddy of mine uh, that I mentioned, that I've known since then, uh, used to go to jam sessions. We played Irish music. And uh, that's how I met the bass player. And then the other two guys worked at an English academy just across the street, and they used to come in there. That was their their sort of watering hole. So that's how they met Dave. And um, so, you know, as as like any good bass player, he was kind of the glue that brought us, brought us all together as well as keeps us together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's an interesting um, perspective on bass players. Uh, <laughs> very true, but I, I hadn't heard that verbalized before. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say he's... He's kind of the, the steel girder of uh-huh. the band. Uh-huh. That's cool. Uh, you know, and uh, it, you know, it's it's funny because none of us in the band is Spanish, and I think that helped with the original chemistry of coming together. We're we're all um, expats. Uh, okay. The lead singer guitarist also plays a bit of ukulele and piano sometimes, um, and the bass player who does the mandolin as well. Um, they're both Irish and, um, from Dublin and Bray. Okay. And, and the trumpet player, uh, is from Sheffield, England. Wow. And, uh, myself from Cleveland, Ohio, oh, Vermilion, Ohio. Did you guys have a, uh, was it, uh, an instant thing? Did you come together with a vision of what you wanted to create or was it a little more organic than that? um, half and half Um, we came together to do a specific concert Gareth Wall our our lead singer and the most prolific composer of the four of us um, he had previously released albums as his own artist a a solo artist Mm -hmm. and usually had a kind of pop band lineup with keyboard and electric guitars and drums and the whole nine yards. And um, he was asked to do a sort of acoustic lineup. And he got us in on that. And um, then he got called a second time. They said, uh, the same venue said, hey, you know, we like that. Why don't you do that concert again? So we got together again. Hmm. And But the very first time that we all were in a room at one time and actually met each other, was at our first rehearsal. Really? Wow. And um, and I remember that day, Garrett saying, you know, this is no longer a singer-songwriter with musicians. This is this feels like a band. Hmm. And so from the very first rehearsal, we knew we had something. And it, and it, it was over the series of, uh, of the first couple of albums, really, that we kind of honed in on, on a sound and... Uh, because at first the idea was to sort of create a framework, an acoustic framework for Garrett's voice and uh, and his songs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, 
each of us started singing a bit more. The trumpet player is quite a singer, and he and then so he was singing a lot of the harmonies. And then, then one day we did uh, we were asked to do a cover in a in a show, and we did the wait the band the wait, mm-hmm. and and we each took a chorus. We each took a verse. Oh, nice! And sang the you know the big harmonies, and then Garrett went, "That's it. All four of us." And yeah. from there on, that the four-part four harmonies became a very central thing to what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, and then, I, no, go ahead. I was going to say, then I started taking up the banjo, um, kind of in a way to get back to my own roots and also to make music a hobby again. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I started infusing bluegrassy and country kind of influences and uh so that that kind of boosted the role of harmonies again mm-hmm. and uh that turned into we would do some four-part harmony songs at the end of a show as an encore out in front of the mic totally uh, uh unamplified and then that expanded even more we started using uh, uh a single condenser mic for for a part of the show, like maybe three or four songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, doing that. So even though we don't really play bluegrass per se, some of the songs, definitely you can tell they're they're from that influence, especially the ones that I write. <laughs> and um, and so that, that, that has become a central part of what we do in live shows. How, how many albums do you guys have together as a band? I think this is, I'm, I'm not sure if this is the eighth or ninth album. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've recorded over 100 songs together. I think they're like 85, 90 songs easily on Spotify or iTunes. Yeah. What is a, uh, prior to the uh, pandemic, what does it look like for you guys to be out and on tour? Is that a full-time thing when you're doing that? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a curious question because it's a very relevant question. Because um, the band hasn't been our full-time work, but it's been our main project for each of us for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and um, supplemented by other stuff that we do. And so, you know, we we would do maybe thirty dates in the summer, maybe fifty to eighty a year, or you know, maybe closer to 50. I, I wouldn't, but we weren't doing, you know, I know some bands are out there doing 100 to 200 gigs a year. We've, we've never been that bad, but we've always done, I mean, our longest tour ever was just before the pandemic. Really? And we, we released our, we just got it in under the wire, um, releasing our last album, mm-hmm. um, uh, Fire on the Rail. And that was the second half of February. Wow. So I mean we we just got that yeah. the time and that was that was like that was a two week tour and uh for us ten days to two weeks is, is has been a long tour. Now we've got some stuff on the card that was supposed to happen in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. It's now pushed back to twenty twenty two. Okay. And um there may be some third date tours and and that might start to open up a bit. Um especially as we've been making inroads to the UK over the last 
mm-hmm. three, four years. Mm-hmm. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. What does it look like in Spain, Europe to tour? Being from the States, maybe having kind of a recollection of kind of how a band would normally tour here. We've got festivals all over the place, you know, summer, spring, fall. There's just, it's crazy for a band that hits the road like that. It, how is it, mm. how is it similar or is it in, in Spain and Europe for a band like, cause you guys have a, a similar sound to an Americana uh, fringe grass band. So mm-hmm. I, I would imagine in the States uh, under normal circumstances, you would be extremely busy in the spring, summer and fall. How, how does that translate into a European experience? Well, uh, certainly in the UK, there is a circuit of festivals like that and a very similar thing. Now, generally, they're more broadly referred to as folk festivals, you Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. uh, there are some specific Americana-based festivals. um, But the great thing about folk festivals in the UK is that they have a very tolerant definition of folk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, because for a lot of people, we might be a little too poppy for folk purists, Mm -hmm. or we might be a little too acoustic for, we're too acoustic for uh, pop pop festivals and and indie rock festivals and stuff like that. So, I mean, in in Spain, we kind of always fell between the cracks because there isn't this, and here, folk is considered to be, you know, bagpipes and tambourines. Mm-hmm. And uh, and other forms of, fan- of Spanish folk, but um, in the in so really, UK has what's taken us to the next level as far as being able to tour and uh, kind of fill out a, a, a summer. And uh, Spain has loads of festivals, but but indie rock is the name of the game here, mm, okay. uh, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, like I say, uh, Ireland, very similar, you know, very similar situation. And kind of the folk genre is, in Ireland, I think, is more occupied by Irish trad, Irish traditional music. Okay. And which is not what we do. You know, some things, some things have an influence, but that's not really wouldn't be a really good way to uh define us mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so um the, whereas a folk festival in the uk might have an irish trad group uh, playing mm-hmm. as well as somebody who's doing bob dylan type stuff okay. or you know or singer songwriter stuff and uh, uh, maybe a ukulele band and uh, then there's also going to be um uh, folk dancing and there's also going to be groups that are based on bagpipes and stuff like that as well yeah sure so that really i mean there's a bbc presenter uh retired called jeff sargison who said he said well to me folk music is something that's available to that's accessible to everyone Mm -hmm. and he said to me that's what makes you crack dog a folk band because it's accessible. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
So we kind of slot in sideways in a lot of festivals. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys would fit well in, in the U.S. As, as well. There's all kinds of uh, definitions and umbrellas that I I could I could feel the music that you guys create fit under. Um, yeah, and you've got it's one of my biggest frustrations is that we've never properly toured the U.S. Yeah, the visa process is hugely difficult yeah. and expensive. Yeah, uh, and that's apart from buying flights. And uh, okay, so that that has been, you know, we're we've kind of seen well. The stuff has been going well and growing well in the UK. We're going to keep fostering that until, you know, it, we can see that okay, we've got we've built up enough momentum and following to make the jump. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I hope that works out for you for sure. Um, we have been a couple times to the US. We've been to South by Southwest sure. back in 2013. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, and um, that was an amazing experience, but. I, I, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying though that I would necessarily recommend it to, <laughs> to a band trying to establish themselves, except for the experience and yeah, it's it, it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful event, but it's an event that you have to navigate very specifically if you have certain goals. Yeah, um, to me, it has become a, a giant festival where the musicians pay to perform. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, funnily enough, though, we went to uh, in 2016 or 17, 16, I think it was. We went to Folk Alliance International sure. in, in Kansas City. Yeah. And apparently, it was that was started by a fellow that had also started South by Southwest, mm -hmm. wanting to get back to the original virtues right, right, right. of his idea. Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. It's about 3,000 people. You know, two thousand seven hundred trying to meet the other three hundred. Right. Yeah. But um, those are much better odds than South by Southwest. Oh yeah, no. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I mean, you're talking about two thousand bands in yeah. South by Southwest, yeah. let oh, alone yeah. people. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad you were aware of uh, of Folk Alliance because I would have recommended that to you. I think uh, it's it's a great experience for bands, uh, especially outside the U.S., trying to yeah. establish connections and uh, especially I can't when you recommend it highly enough yeah for sure and 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 certainly in the case with you guys in your new record uh we we want to make sure we we bring that into the conversation um hmm. uh, that style of music and folk alliance is just a perfect fit uh i was listening to some of the tracks before we jumped online and uh the new uh single um river of gold uh, fasc yes. fascinating song i, I loved the uh, before I even read the description, um, I enjoy old westerns, uh, John Wayne, mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood kind of style, and I just I felt like I could visualize a scene from from a, you know one of those movies. Before I read that, that was kind of somebody else's observation of that as well. Um, oh, bingo! It, it, Mission accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> we are definitely suckers for that sort of thing. In fact, um, one of my first songs for Track Dogs is called dust devil and the video for that which is on youtube is is basically a spaghetti western ah okay i'll have to go find that cool with horses and uh and saloon and the whole nine yards yeah yeah that's cool well that that feel definitely uh, emulated through that song um is that um indicative of kind of the 
the style of the rest of that project? Is that what you guys were after? Or is this just one particular uh, song on that album that feels that way? Well, um, it's certainly a recurring theme. I wouldn't say that the whole album sounds like that. Um, some stuff sounds maybe a little more poppy, and then other stuff um, will be a little bit more folky sounding as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually, uh, you caught me today, working on a demo send to a guest artist um, who's going to uh, we I've, I've got a song that I wrote for uh, an exposition in the Thyssen Museum here in Madrid mm -hmm. and uh, and it was about a figure from the Old West called Lola Montez and she was just this amazing figure who was a showgirl and had her own saloon and her own show and dancers. And uh, but before that, she had this whole prior life. In she was Irish born, and uh, she was she was in London. She was in Paris. She was in India. She and uh, she in Paris. She became a lover to the composer Franz Liszt. Um, and then in Bavaria, she became the lover to uh, King Ludwig the Number something or other. And uh, who was the last king, and ended up. She was a large part of the of why he ended up abdicating, and there was a revolution. <laughs> wow! And um, and she ended up from there. She went over and uh, did this show and opened a theater or saloon out in uh, California during the gold rush. Mm -hmm. And when that dried up, she went to Australia. Then she went back to New York and became. Uh, when she was not dancing anymore, she became a uh, 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 like a, a speaker evangelizing about uh, women's rights and wow. that sort of thing. Yeah, and she died by the time she was thirty-nine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so uh, she was born in the county Sligo, and we found there's this uh, singer who I've always been a fan of, and has become a friend. And she has given the okay, although she hasn't heard the demo yet. <laughs> she has uh, said that she is interested. And the singer is called Kathy Jordan. From uh, Her most known band is called uh, Dervish. Hmm. Which, and she's been named as uh, the voice of Ireland. Oh, okay. Her own uh, more personal project called The Unwanted explores links between old American West music and Irish music. And um, and she was born. She lives. Sorry, she lives out in Sligo, where Lola Montez was born. Oh wow! And so she's just like she's the perfect. Yeah. And she's just got her version of boots of Spanish leather. Leather is my favorite version of that song. Huh. That's and cool. you, you can find that on YouTube as well. Yeah. Uh, Dervish uh, boots of Spanish okay. leather. Wow, that's a cool story. So uh, I was uh, working on a demo of that to, uh, and it's a, the chorus is kind of "Never gonna forget Donna Lola, never gonna forget Donna Lola." If you don't know Lola Montez, that just means that I ain't done yet. Never <laughs> gonna forget Donna Lola. Huh, that's cool. So, yeah, and, and we tell her story. So that's, you know, that could go in various ways. It could sound very folky. We might make a, a little bit. Piano-y and uh, you know, kind of honky tonk sounding in the choruses. This is what I'm. This is all the process I'm thinking of today. What's been occurring to me today. So <laughs> you won't get any fresher 
news than that. Yeah, right, right. Now that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, one of the questions I always like to ask is kind of uh, kind of a window into the songwriting process. So that's that, that was very very fresh. That was perfect. Exactly exactly what I would have wanted had I asked it. That so that's good. Yeah, I'm sitting here with my banjo. Yeah. <laughs> Etc. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very cool. Um, so the 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 new record uh, is uh, "Where to Now." I think you told me not exactly out yet. You guys are releasing singles, which is of course the uh, "River of Gold" that we were talking about a minute ago is one of those. Yep. Um, yep. Wh- when when will the album be accessible? Um, obviously, you, the songs. Some of the songs are on YouTube. How can folks find you guys? Uh, engage. Uh, with you personally, mm-hmm. some of the music. What's the best way to get in touch for people? Well, uh, uh, if you uh, the website is Trackdog Music altogether, uh, TrackdogMusic.com, and um, and then we're on Spotify and YouTube uh, on, and Facebook under Trackdogs and even Instagram. And um, yeah, it, it's a uh, yeah, it's a simple Google search, and hopefully we're findable now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but cool. um yeah yeah and uh, i yeah very very happy to have folks look us up <laughs> awesome yeah for sure no I, well the music's great and i i certainly wish you guys uh, well with it i i hope you get to bring it over here to the states uh for the folks over here to engage with you guys and especially this new music certainly wish you the best uh there in spain and europe uh, for getting back out and and taking it there too Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we're. I've I've been saying since the beginning of this to say, well, you know, pendulum swings from one way to the other, and whether it's uh, sooner or later, we're bound to have some roaring twenties, roaring twenty twenties. Yeah, and uh, and you know, this time though, we, you know, make sure you save your money because we know what came after the roaring twenties last time. Right, right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Robbie. It's been good talking to you, and I certainly wish you guys the best with your music. Thank you so much, Greg, for, for being in touch and for the support. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.